Good morning. It's good to see everybody this morning. Appreciate this time that we've been able to spend in worship together. I appreciate you. I appreciate this church family. I appreciate those visitors who we have here with us this morning. We're thankful for you. Thankful that you've chosen to spend some time in worship with us. We want you to know that on the back of our bulletin, there's a little QR code. And if you'll sign into that QR code using your phone, we'd love to have your information so that we can reach out to you and make a contact and encourage you this week. This morning, we're thinking about the first phrase of Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse number 19, which Luke just read for us. God, the Lord, is my strength. As we begin to think about that phrase this morning, I want to use an illustration that I came across a few days ago. Just a disclaimer, it's a pretty simple, it's a pretty easy illustration. It's actually a very elementary illustration, but I think it's going to make a point for us as we begin to think about this phrase. With me this morning, I have one of my work gloves. Joel Crider actually gave me this glove. I really don't know if he gave it to me or if I stole it from him. It could have been either one. Uh, But this is one of my my work gloves. If you can't see it, it's a picture of it up on the screen. This glove is designed to do work. This glove is designed to pick things up, to lift them, and to carry them. So so let's make this glove do some work this morning. How about that? I'm going to lay this glove right next to my Bible. And I'm going to say to this glove, glove, pick up my Bible for me. I need my Bible to go throughout this lesson, right? We want to spend some time looking at Scripture. So I need this glove to pick up my Bible, to lift it for me, and and put it in my hand. Go ahead. Nothing happens. Are you surprised? Nothing happened? Well, maybe we need to give this glove a little bit of encouragement. What do you think? Glove, you are the prettiest, most amazing glove I've seen in my entire life. And this is what you were designed to do. This is your moment. Go ahead and pick up my Bible and hand it to me. And still nothing happens. Well, maybe whenever it comes to this glove, we need to call on it to recommit itself to being a glove. Like Whenever we sing the invitation song here in just a few minutes, I expect this glove to come forward and we're going to spend some time praying for this glove so that this glove will finally do what it's designed to do. We're not going to wait 25 to 30 minutes to test that out. I think we already know what's going to happen, right? What's going to happen is what's happened over the last few minutes. Absolutely nothing is going to happen. Maybe we could give this glove some some training in discipleship, some one-on-one lessons. Glove, this is what it looks like. This is what you have to do to pick up the Bible. You put your fingers under it, put your thumb on top of it, and lift it up. Now now that I've showed you what to do, go go ahead and pick up my Bible for me. And still, nothing happens. This glove, as long as it's laying there, is not going to be able to do anything for itself, is it? Only when I take this glove and I put my hand in it. Only when my hand fills every part of this glove and I use my strength through the glove am I going to be able to pick up my Bible and continue on with this lesson. If if this glove is just sitting on the table, it's not going to be able to do anything. But whenever my glove has the strength 
behind it, has my strength behind it. It's able to do what it was made to do. Only then is it able to do what it was designed to do. Can you see the point this morning? As you look at that first phrase in Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse number 19. God, the Lord, is my strength. It doesn't matter how much encouragement we receive. It doesn't matter how much one-on-one training or discipleship we have. It doesn't matter how many times we cry out to the Lord to recommit ourselves to Him. Unless the Lord fills every part of our lives, unless we live based on the strength and the power that He supplies us, we're never going to be able to do the amazing things that God has made us to do. We're never going to be able to do the amazing things that God has designed us to do. If God the Lord is not my strength, then I'm like this glove just laying on the table. But whenever God the Lord is my strength, in Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 19, and I'm living based on His strength, He's the one who's filling my life. He's the one who's at the center of my life. Only then will I be able to do those things that God has designed me to do. We're talking about something really important this morning. Whenever it comes to this first phrase in Habakkuk chapter 3, God the Lord is my strength. For the next few minutes, let's take a look at that phrase. Let's break it down word by word. Let's break it down thought by thought and see what Habakkuk is communicating to us here. First, who are we talking about? Who's the subject of this phrase in Habakkuk chapter 3? It's God the Lord. That's who we're talking about here. That's the center. That's the subject of this entire sentence. What we're thinking about this morning, literally it says Yahweh Adonai. Maybe you recognize a couple of those Hebrew words. He begins with the word Yahweh, which is God's personal name. You can read more about that in Exodus chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Whenever God reveals himself to Moses as the great I am, tell them that I am has sent you to them. But he not only identifies God by his personal name, Yahweh, he also identifies God by the function that he, that he works out and the position that he occupies. He's the Lord. He's the master. He's the one in charge. Who are we talking about? We're, we're talking about Yahweh Adonai. We're talking about Yahweh, the, the one who is the Lord, the one who is in charge, the one who is the master. God the Lord is. Here we're not talking about something in the past. It doesn't say God the Lord was my strength. We're also not talking about something that will only happen in the future. That God the Lord will be my strength. Maybe you can look back in your life. And you can see times where you were closer to God than you are right now. That's not what we're talking about. Maybe you're looking towards the future and you're making plans. You're making preparation for that time whenever God the Lord will be your strength. That's also not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the present. We're talking about right here. We're talking about right now. God the Lord is my. At the very heart of our message this morning is a personal relationship with God. This phrase in Habakkuk chapter 3 doesn't come back to spiritual practices. It doesn't come back to spiritual habits. It really doesn't come back to anything that we do on the outside. 
What we're talking about in this phrase in Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 19 comes back to and is rooted in a personal relationship with the Lord. Can you see how, that, how personal that is? In Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 19, God the Lord is my strength. That's something that we have to claim for ourselves. Nobody can do this for you. Nobody can make this decision for you. Each one of us on an individual level have to make the decision for God the Lord to be our what? For God the Lord to be our strength. Wouldn't you say that we serve a God of great strength? Wouldn't you say that we serve a God of amazing power? We see that throughout the entirety of the scriptures. For instance, if you go back to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3, in the very beginning, we serve a God who said, let there be light. That's all he had to do. He speaks, let there be light. And all of a sudden, light comes into existence. That's how powerful and strong he is. In Exodus chapter 14, verses 21 and 22, we serve a God who parted the Red Sea. And the waters were like walls on either side so that his people, the Israelites, could walk through on dry land. In Joshua 10 verses 12 and 13, we serve a God who made the sun stand still in the sky so that the Israelites could continue to fight for the rest of that day against the Amorites and ultimately be victorious over them. We serve a God in 1 Kings chapter 18 whenever Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal and they met on Mount Carmel to have this great showdown between God and Baal. God sent fire down from heaven. Can, can you imagine what that would have looked like? God sends fire down from the heavens. And it doesn't just ignite. It consumes the burnt offering, the wood, the stones, the dust. It licked up the water that was in the trench. We serve a God who is so powerful that He raised our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. What does Paul say in Romans chapter 1 and verse number 4? That Jesus was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by His resurrection from the dead. To put it simply, maybe a summary statement in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, our God is able to do far more abundantly than anything that we can ask for or anything that we can possibly imagine. We serve a God of infinite power. We serve a God of indescribable strength. And, and that's awesome to know. That's amazing to think about. If you spend too long thinking about it, your head might start hurting. But it's only half the message. The God who spoke everything into existence in Genesis, the first chapter. The God who parted the Red Sea. The God who caused the sun to stand still. The God who, called, who rained down fire from heaven on top of Elijah's altar. The God who raised our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. The God who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. The power that enables Him to do all of those things. Look at what Paul says at the end of verse 20. It is at work within us. It leads us back to this phrase in Habakkuk 3 and verse 19. God the Lord is my strength. Whenever I'm going through trials, whenever I'm going through difficulty and pain and hardship, whenever I don't know what to do and I don't know where to turn, God, the Lord, is my strength. Whenever I feel weak, 
Whenever I feel like I can't keep going. Whenever I feel like I can't keep putting one foot in front of the other. I just don't have the strength. I just don't have the power. I just don't have the motivation to do it. It's in those moments where God the Lord is my strength. Those times when the tears won't stop flowing. Those times when you feel alone. Those times when you feel like nobody cares about you. Nobody cares what you're going through. What you're having to deal with in life. It's in those moments. Where God the Lord is my strength. It's like what we said just a few moments ago. With our illustration about the glove. Unless God fills every part of our lives. Unless we live based on the strength that God supplies, we're never going to be able to do what God has designed us to do. We're never going to be who God has designed us to be. You take it and put it all together. God, the Lord, is my strength. Is He really though? Is God, the Lord, my strength? Is God the Lord your strength? Oh, He wants to be. He gives the opportunity. God could be your strength. The question is, is He? As you live your life on a daily basis. Maybe you look at that question and you say, yeah, He is my strength. And I don't know how I would make it through the day. I don't know how I would make it through the week if he wasn't my strength. I'm so thankful that this is true in my life. Or maybe you look at that question and you think, I'm, I'm not really sure if God is my strength or not. I have moments when I'm strong. I have moments when I'm weak. I'm not really sure how to answer this question. Or, or maybe you look at this question and you're a little bit ashamed this morning to admit that that's not who you are. You've been living based on your strength. You've been living based on your power instead of allowing God the Lord to be your strength. Well, turn with me, if, if you have your Bible, turn with me to Psalm the 28th chapter. Psalm chapter 28, if you have your copy of God's Word, I want, you to invite, I want to invite you to get it out. And over the next few minutes, we're going to look at Psalm chapter 28, verses 6 through 9. Psalm chapter 28, verses 6 through 9. Notice, whenever you get there in your copy of God's Word, in Psalm 28 and verse number 7, David, who's the writer of this psalm, uses the same phrase that Habakkuk uses that we've been talking about from chapter 3 and verse 19. It's the first few words of that verse. The Lord is my strength. But David doesn't just use that phrase in Psalm 28 and verse number 7. Whenever you look around it, David tells us how God can be our strength. He doesn't just throw it out there and say, God is my strength. But I believe he also provides an answer to the question, how can we make God our strength? Is God your strength? Maybe you answer that question saying, yes, and I'm so thankful for that. Maybe you answer that question saying, I, I, I'm not really sure. And I don't know what to do when it comes to God being my strength. Maybe you answer that question saying, no, that's just not who I've been. That's not the kind of life that I've been living the last little while. Regardless of where we find ourselves this morning, think about the question, how can we do this? How can we make, how can we allow God to be our strength? I want to give you six words 
And then the lesson is going to be yours from this passage of Scripture. And just so you know that I'm a preacher, I've made all of them start with the same letter. Okay? They're, they're all going to start with the letter P. Number one, if we're going to make God our strength, then we need to spend time praising Him. In Psalm chapter 28 and verse number 6, the, the first phrase of this section of Scripture, what does David say? Blessed be the Lord. Oftentimes, we talk about being blessed by the Lord. That's not what David is talking about here. David is not saying, I'm blessed by the Lord, even though he was, and I believe that, that he knew that. He's saying, blessed be the Lord. What does that mean? Whenever you see that phrase, whether it's in the Old Testament or it's in the New Testament, blessed be the Lord could also be translated, praise be to the Lord. As David gets about halfway through this psalm, he cannot help but to explode in praise to God. Blessed be the Lord, praise be to His name. Notice that also at the end of verse number 7, where he says, With my song I give thanks to Him. We'll mention more about this in just a moment, about these requests that David is making to God in the verses prior to this. But when you look at verses 6-9, through nine, David knows that God is involved in his life. David knows that God is blessing him. He knows what God has done for him. He knows what God is doing for him in this moment. And he's confident about what God is going to do for him in the future. So how does he respond to it? Verse 6, blessed be the Lord. Praise be to God. Verse 7, with my song I'm giving thanks to him. I'm showing my appreciation to him as I praise His name. David stops in the midst of this psalm to give praise to God. As we live our lives on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, how often do we stop to give praise to God? If the assembly on Sunday or the assembly on Wednesday is the only time that we stop to give praise to God throughout the week, then I think we might have a problem. It might be the case that we're not praising God like we should. Whenever we step into David's shoes and we think about how God is involved in our lives, when we think about what God has done for us in the past, what God is doing for us right now in the present, and what ultimately God will do for us one day based on the promises that He's made, how could we not praise Him? How could we not bless His name? How could we not live our lives doing what David does in this psalm with our psalm giving thanks to him? When you wake up in the morning or when you go to bed at night, bless the Lord. Whenever you're driving down the road with your song, give thanks to him. When his power, when his goodness, when his greatness crosses your mind, stop in that moment. And bless His name. If God is going to be our strength, then we have to spend time in praise because He is worthy. Number two, if we're going to make God our strength, then we need to spend time petitioning Him. Presenting our request before His throne. In Psalm 28 and verse 6, David talks about how God has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. We said just a few moments ago that David has been making some requests to God. If you back up, you see a couple of those requests in verse number 3. It, it seems that David has been surrounded by his enemies. 
He says in verse 3, don't drag me off with the wicked, with the workers of evil. That's a request that's centered on self. And then you move into verse 4 and it's a request that's centered on his enemies. He says, give to them according to their work, according to their evil deeds. David found himself surrounded by enemies. He found himself in a hard, a dangerous situation. So what does he do? He turns to the Lord. He talks to God. He prays to God. He petitions God. He takes the requests that are on his heart and presents them before God's throne. As he petitions the Lord in verse number 6, he's confident that God has heard his prayer and he's confident that God is going to answer his prayer in accordance to his will. If God's going to be our strength, then we need to spend time talking to him. We need to spend time petitioning Him, praying to Him, turning to Him. Where do we turn when we find ourselves surrounded by enemies? What do we do? Where do we turn when we find ourselves in dangerous, hurtful, painful circumstances? So many people turn to other people. Or maybe they write it down in a journal, in a diary to keep it to themselves, but to in some way get it out. There are so many people in our time, when they find themselves in the midst of difficulty or hardship, they go to social media and they post about it on Facebook or they post about it on Twitter. Not that any of those things are are inherently sinful or inherently wrong, but as a Christian, we have to think about the question, what about the Lord? When we find ourselves in difficult situations, is our natural reaction, is our natural response to turn to the Lord, to talk to the Lord, to pray to the Lord, to petition Him. God, these are the requests that are on my heart. Here's what's going on in my life, and here's what I want. And so I'm going to present that before your throne with great boldness. Isn't it amazing that God invites us to do that? Isn't it amazing that God invites us to come before Him, the omniscient, omnipotent creator of the universe, and to present our request before His throne? When we do that, we can have the same confidence that David has. I know that God has heard my voice, and I know that He's going to answer this prayer in accordance with His will. Number three, in order for God to be our strength, we have to allow Him to be our protection. In verse 7, David not only identifies the Lord, Yahweh, as his strength, he also identifies the Lord as his shield. Back in this time, if you were in the army, if you were going out to battle, the only defensive weapon that you would have as an individual is a shield. If you're in hand-to-hand combat, or if an army from afar is shooting arrows at you or something like that, you could stand behind your shield and that shield would protect you from things that would otherwise harm you. David looks at God to say, you're not just my strength, you're my shield. He's surrounded by his enemies. Whenever we look at Psalm 28, he says, you're the one who is protecting me. You're the one who is shielding me from all of these things that would otherwise be hurtful. To me. The thing about a shield is that you have to choose to stand behind it. If you don't choose to stand behind your shield, then it's not going to do you any good, is it? Is God the shield that we choose to stand behind? When we find ourselves in those moments of difficulty, those dangerous moments, the trials, the hardships, the tribulations of life, is God the shield that we're standing behind? Are we willing to accept the protection that he offers. 
this morning, are you able to honestly look at God and say, you're not just my strength, but you are my shield. And I'm so thankful for that. Number four, if God's going to be our strength, then we have to allow Him to grant to us true prosperity. When you think about everything that David is saying in Psalm 28, when it comes specifically to God being His strength, as we're talking about this morning, this is not something that He does on the outside. This is not something that begins on the outside or the exterior. Notice in verse number 7, it begins with the heart. It begins on the inside. In Him, David says... My heart trusts. In the midst of the difficulties that David found himself in, he was trusting in the Lord, placing his faith faith in the Lord. It's in him that my heart trusts. Notice the relationship. How did God respond to David placing his trust in him? In him, my heart trusts, and I am helped. Look at that relationship. David says, I'm placing my trust in the Lord. And the Lord is prospering me. I'm placing my faith in the Lord. And He's the one who's aiding me. He's the one who's helping me. He's the one who's coming to my side. That's what true prosperity looks like. In Him my heart trusts. And I am helped. So many in our time look for prosperity in all the wrong places. People look for prosperity in physical things. People look for prosperity in how much money they have, their bank accounts, their investments, their promotion, their job, where they live, what they have, the car that they drive. You're never going to find true prosperity when you look in physical things. You know where true prosperity comes from? Listen to David. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. That's what leads to true prosperity. Recognize that God is a solid foundation on which you can place your feet, place your trust in Him, and allow Him to prosper you. Allow Him to aid you, to help you, to come to your side, and to give you what you need. Number five, if God's going to be our strength, then we need to find our pleasure. We need to find our joy in Him. Psalm 28 and verse number seven, just like He says, in in Him my heart trusts, He also says, my heart exalts. Other translations say, my heart is leaping for joy. Why is David's heart leaping for joy? I can tell you why it's not. It's not because of his circumstances. David's heart is leaping for joy, but it's not because everything is going great in his life. It's not because people are treating him great or because he has done something or accomplished something great. David's heart is leaping for joy because he's trusting in a God who is great. It's not about his circumstances. It's not about how he's treated. It's not about what he's doing or what he's not doing. It's about the one who is his strength. The one who is his shield. The one who he is praising in this passage of scripture. He finds his pleasure in the Lord. Would you describe yourself as a happy person? Would you say that right now your life is filled with joy? Is this week going to be filled with joy? Well, it depends on how people treat me. It depends on how my life goes. We'll we'll just see how this week goes. And that's going to determine whether I'm joyful or not. As Christians, that's the wrong mindset to have. Our joy, our pleasure, should not be found in anything 
but the Lord. Now that, that's not saying that we can't enjoy things. That's not saying that we can't find joy in doing certain things or being around certain people. But ultimately, our joy doesn't come from our lives going great or people treating us great or us doing great things. Our joy is derived from the great God that we serve. That's what Paul says in Philippians 4 and verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. Where do you find your joy? You find your joy in the Lord. And when you find your joy in the Lord, that's something that you're able to have all the time. If God's going to be your strength, if God's going to be my strength, then that's a lesson that we have to learn. And then finally, number six, if God is going to be our strength, then we have to be connected to people. But not just people, we have to be connected to the people of God. David makes a very personal claim. And we talked about this towards the beginning of our lesson this morning. When you look at verse number 7, it's very personal when he says, The Lord is my strength. But then you skip down to verse number 8. Notice the claim that he makes in verse 8, that the Lord is the strength of His people. David doesn't just say, The Lord is my strength on an individual level. He says, The Lord is the strength of His people in a collective sense. In a communal way. And that's what he talks about in verse 9. That God is going to save his people. God's going to bless his heritage. He's going to be their shepherd. He's going to carry them, not just now, but he's going to carry them forever. When David thinks about God being his strength, it's not just about him and God. When David thinks about God being his strength, he thinks about God and God's relationship with his people, of which David is only a small part. Of which David is only a fraction. In David's mind, God being my strength is not just about me. It's about us and how connected I am to the people of God. Now that's a hard lesson for 21st century Americans. Because we live in such an individualistic culture, especially whenever it comes to spiritual things. There are so many people who live with a mindset that says, hey, I have God. I have a personal relationship with God, and I don't need anything else. I don't need a church. I don't need a church family. I don't need to be connected to the people of God. I have a personal relationship with God, and that's all that I need. Whenever we look at Psalm 28, we learn that that's not the case. I mean, consider Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. Where the Bible talks about how Christ has been made head over the church, which is His body. Listen very carefully. If you want to have a relationship with the head, you must have a relationship with His body. If you want to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, then you have to be connected to His church. That's not something that's optional. Would, would anybody volunteer this morning to come up front and have their head cut off from their body? I don't think so. I mean, a few of the teens are going to raise their hand, but we don't take them seriously, right? We don't, we don't listen to them. Nobody in their right mind is going to say, I'll volunteer to have my head cut off of my body because that's going to lead to immediate death. So often we try to separate Jesus from His body. And we find out in scriptures like Ephesians 1 verses 22 and 23 that that simply doesn't work. If God's going to be my strength, I have to realize that it's not just about me. If God's going to be my strength, 
I also have to be willing to say that God is the strength of his people and I'm going to be connected to them. How connected are you to Jesus' body? How connected are you? How active, how involved, how plugged in are you to this group of believers here at Seven Oaks? The answer to that question might answer this broader question of whether God is your strength or not. What an amazing phrase that we find not only in Habakkuk chapter 3, but also Psalm 28. God the Lord is my strength. In order for us to invite that message into our lives, I believe that David gives us six words that can help us. Six words that we can take right off the page to invite God to be the strength of our lives. Praise, petition, protection, prosperity, pleasure, and people. This week, allow God to be your strength. This week, don't be like the glove that's just sitting on the table. Jesus warns us in John 15, if you're not connected to me, if you're not a branch connected to the vine, you're not going to be able to do anything. Apart from me, he says, you can do nothing. Don't be the glove that's just sitting on top of the table. Allow God to fill every part of your life. Live based on the strength that He supplies. This week, be able to honestly and confidently make the statement of Habakkuk, the statement of David. God the Lord is my strength. If we can help you with that this morning, we'd love to. As together we stand and sing.